This is Whiskey Dix, and you're listening to the DU Football Show. Football! <laughs> yes. I fucking love it. I love having a genuine rock star do our opening for us. Hey, well, when it's the heavy metal football derby, what do you expect? Exactly. Oh, tonight is going to be an interesting one, Mr. Graham, as we have decided to just turn the air conditioning on and we're dripping in sweat. Yeah. Huh? We'll be all right. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the man with a lot of things going on. Over there, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? Not too bad. Uh, and picking up that conversation, a uh, funny thing just entered my head that I thought we could explore very quickly. Sure. Who would you get to play you in the biopic of yourself? Michael Chiklis. All right. That was quick. You've thought about that before. Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. For me? For me. Oh. Not for you. <laughs> you think? For you? Robert yeah. Downey Jr.? Mm. Yeah, a fuckboy that uses any reason he possibly can to not be sober. <laughs> Except for he's sober all the time now. The actor well, now he is. Yeah, Kent. I'm talking about like his reputation. Oh, no, definitely the actor that plays Roy Kent. Yeah, definitely the actor. You that know plays who Roy, Roy Kent. Kent is? Oh, wait. You didn't watch <laughs> it while you were on vacation. Yet? Not yet. No, we that a, was, we've explored that already. Yeah, we have as a well, whole super show that we need yeah, to we're do. Planning, like Simon's so we're waiting ready. on you to fucking listen to. Okay. We could have done it this week, but you know, Sorry, I got stuff during the international break. Listen, I got a lot going on over here. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> a lot going on over here. The Sam Graham story. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, Tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. As usual, it is at DU Football Show on the social medias when they decide to work. Uh, if they don't work, you can always email us, dufootballshow uh, at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Um, of course, we've got our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com backslash dufootballshow to sign up one of the top two tiers, and you'll get a, bo- a bunch of bonus content, which is awesome. Um, and then, of course, we have the DU Drip Shack. I you see can, you uh, wearing a Dort Spirex shirt right now. Yes, sir. Mel is sporting a Villanista shirt. That's right. Which I do not know why Her Highness has not bought a Villanista shirt yet. Yeah, she'll get around to it. Uh, that's true. She she is, you know. You know, the other Villanista <laughs> that listens to the show. And if there's a third one of you out there, please reach out. Oh, we had the uh, lovely uh, young lady and her husband that live in Belgium. Are they that... still listening? Because I will ship you a shirt to Belgium. Ah, you got to tell, you got to get reach out. Let us know if uh, you're still listening to everything. And uh, if you can tell me to have more Mel, because that's what everybody says. More Mel, please. Everybody, everybody says it. Well, yeah. if everybody was right, they'd have a microphone in front of them. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll uh, also want to point out real quick, we got a uh, a great little tweet from our 
fellow Toffee from uh, the ATL, Andrew, just wanted to tweet to us from last week something you talked about. I once broke a rib at a Flogging Molly show in Columbus. <laughs> also sold the drummer's brother, pretty sure he was an exec at uh, Side One Dummy, a Blackberry back when I worked at AT&T. Nice. So just tying all of our stories together there. Nice and easy. That's right? pretty good. Yeah, pretty fantastic. Keep keep sending uh, the tweets and all the fun stuff when we got a... Uh... Yeah, share stories, man. I want to, like, have you ever sold anybody famous anything? That's a fun trope. Mm-hmm. What they buy, how were they to deal with, all that kind of stuff. Um, How blackout drunk were you at a concert one time? Yeah, did those you, are those are good stories. Did, did, you, did you try to thumb your best friend's uh, tank <laughs> while he was wearing a skirt? Yeah, you know, things like that. Yeah. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both share a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, we have been talking about Bloody Mary so fucking much, I decided to make a picture. Yes, we do have a picture of Bloody Marys that you made, uh, and we are using the Hala Vodka out of Pennsylvania. Uh, it is a pickle-flavored vodka. This is their Salvadilli. Um in conjunction with Epic Pickles, which is a local company to them. Uh, this bottle runs between $19.99 and $24.99, and it is also foolproof, 80 proof yeah. uh, on this one. For a which flavors, which, good. yeah, normally most flavors are a little bit. A uh, little bit less, volume. 60 to 70, usually 70, but 60 to 70. Um, yeah, and I haven't had this straight yet. We just uh, You just brought the bottle into the mm-hmm. room, so uh, we just got it. It does have a kind of a bottle? F- very faint green uh, tint to it, I assume from the... Soaking all, of pickles. Well, all of their all of their vodkas are made with 100% natural ingredients. Um, so like their pumpkin actually has a little bit of a brownish hue to it from the pumpkin spice that's in it. And uh, their mint has a little bit of a green because of obviously the mint as well. Mm. Um, they do a pawpaw, which is uh, the little fruits that you see all over the ground in the great state of Maryland in Pennsylvania that looks like a pear and looks like an apple. You kind of had a baby. Oh, like crab apples? Yeah. They, well, they're called pawpaw. And oh. They actually made a pawpaw flavor as well. I knew them by their government name. Yeah, exactly. Crabapples. Crabapples. <laughs> That's a PG County name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, fun, good. the fun thing about the brand, it's all natural. I don't have we, any more room over here. Here, I will take the vodka. You can hand me the vodka, Mel. <laughs> the vodka's under the table. Okay, very good, which is where we will be after we finish Shortly this enough, of, yes. Uh, Bloody Mary's. But they're the, a lot of people go, oh, no, another flavored vodka. Their answer is exactly not another flavored vodka. Like we we're going to do things differently. We're going to do fun flavors. We're going to use all natural ingredients and uh, we're going to give a shit about who we make it for and where we make it at. Yeah. Know? And it's, it's delicious. Actually, it's a, a strong dill flavor to it. Uh, what about the uh, bloody Mary? Mix uh, so the mix. Yeah. Um, this is a Gunther's gourmet Chesapeake reserve bloody Mary mix with blue crab in it. Um, it is fat free, all natural ingredients as well. But if you're allergic to uh, crustaceans, uh, I suggest you stay away from this. One. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this one actually ran you. I can see it right here. Eleven ninety nine. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you peel the sticker off before you give a gift, Mel. Isn't it's that how not it's a gift. To work? It's not a gift. <laughs> You're just reading a bottle. <laughs> Left it on there purposely. I bought that bottle, put it in my pantry, then made a fucking Bloody Mary pitcher out of it. <laughs> but with the Bloody Mary, uh, I decided let the ingredients sing. Don't do too much. I mean, obviously, there's a lot you can do to a Bloody Mary. You can add hot sauces and wish mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, this is vodka. The Bloody Mary mix, uh, uh, two whole fresh lemons, because I feel that is a key to any Bloody Mary is adding citrus. It kind of helps. Brightens it up a bit. Yeah, and it's not as thick of a drink. Uh, then I put some celery bitters in it, since we obviously weren't working with any celery in the glass tonight. 
And then for the rimmer, I put Old Bay hot sauce all the way around it and sprinkled Old Bay on it since there's crab. So, and Mel is licking licking the glass and drinking the uh, Bloody Mary as we speak. Mel's almost halfway done. His is just as bad. He only has a little bit left, too. I didn't do all the way around the full glass. I did, you know, the front part of the glass. So (laughs) there she goes looking again. (laughs) All right, let's get into it, kids. Let's do it to it. Yeah, they're a little careful. fuller. Clinking the bloody uh, the old bay side. Half of it will be on now his I, cup. Now I have half of his old bay on my <laughs> cup. Yay. <laughs> More for her. That's good. While while you're enjoying that uh, lovely cup, Mel, mm-hmm. why don't you go ahead and hit the fucking mute button? You know what? You dick should listen more to Mel, so. I hit the mute button. <laughs> the top of the table is ever changing <laughs> week to week as two heavyweights faced off. Another almost uh, looked past their opponent, but still managed to get the victory as another did look past their opponent and fucked it right off. (laughs) Liverpool two, Man City two, Chelsea three, Southampton one, Everton one, Manchester United one. Liverpool, Man City, uh, the match lived up to the hype. Well, really, the second half lived up to the hype. So there was some decent football in the first half, but there weren't very many chances created, really. Um, Nothing really on target. Uh, from either side, there was maybe one or two saves, but wasn't really fantastic. It was fast paced and the football was decent. So yeah. it was still exciting to watch, but really nothing happened. Yeah. Um, the second half is obviously where it all kicked off. And boy, all, all but Kevin De Bruyne's goal was brilliant. Oh, God. Yeah. We're fucking fantastic. I mean, uh, and one thing that will never get remembered because. It, it didn't result in a goal, but was an awesome piece of play. It was Bernardo Silva's little jinky run? Mm-hmm. Was excellent. Yep. But it's, you're not going to remember that because the, the quality of the goal. goals were so good. Yeah. yeah, De Bruyne's goal's not going to get remembered. It was a deflection. Yeah. Um. But I mean, he still had to stay composed. I can't tell you how many times I've blazed that chance, that exact chance over the bar. Yeah. You know. I mean, he still had a lot to do there. Well, and also very interesting. You know, uh, Mane gets the first goal, and then almost immediately. The answer's back with uh with Phil Foden. Yep. Which which honestly, him in the false nine seems to be working. Yeah, so far. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they're they're kind of trading that it, it seems to be mostly his position as as an attacking midfielder, mm-hmm. but him and Bernardo Silva kind of switched off here and there. Yeah. Jack Grealish even stepped into that false yeah. nine from time to time. Uh and it in this instance, when Phil Foden overlapped Grealish, Grealish was the one that ran in the middle and created that space for him. Um but he he found that far corner really well, smashed it with his laces, and I love the angle. Uh, I don't know how they found it, and I don't know how the guy thought to do it, but it was brilliant. That cameraman deserves a raise <laughs> because he just set his camera what appeared to be on the fucking ground, looking straight at that corner, and you can see within an inch of the post. Yep, fucking Phil Foden's incre- Phil Foden shot. Yeah, it was it was gorgeous. I mean, that's a poster. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Mo Salah's goal was whoa, absolutely brilliant. Jesus. He stepped past defenders like they weren't even there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what were they doing? And then struck on his weaker foot with mm-hmm. that accuracy, just kissed off the inside of the post. Fucking yeah. come on. Yeah. Mo, Mo is, Mo is going to have a go this season. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him uh, as the leading goal scorer, the way that he's just been, the goals he's scoring are effortless yeah. and they're, and they're brilliant goals and he is scoring them effortlessly. He's, 
He's tapped in. You oh, can yeah. tell. You can tell he's tapped in this season. And the 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 pass that he had for Mane mm-hmm. for the opener. Yep. Was fucking perfectly weighted. It was brilliant. Now it was um, brilliant. It was a, the perfect end to a, a fantastic counterattack. I mean, they they were down the field in less than eight seconds. Yeah. Nine yeah, seconds. Absolutely. You know, it was, oh, it was awesome. And Mane with the composure to to pull the finish off. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole thing was fantastic. Now, uh, something we don't normally say. We very, very, very rarely say uh, the weak spot on Liverpool was very clear and obvious, and it was James Milner, and that's not something you normally say. No, because he typically outperforms in preseason, at least, and all the, the testing and everything. And he can go anywhere, and he seems to be fine anywhere. Yeah. He looked his age uh-huh. and shouldn't have been on the pitch. I think part of the problem wasn't necessarily his age or his inability to run because he still has both of those he still has a youthful exuberance and he still has the ability to perform that mm-hmm. i think the problem was mentally honestly i think it was phil foden's movement mm-hmm. which is working him it just he could not keep track of him period. that was and if they're even the same pace if phil foden's got a half a step on him he looks a half a step slow Right. Because they're moving at the same rate of speed, right? I don't think Phil Foden's a particularly fast player. He's a little pacey, but yeah. uh, you you wouldn't put him in the same category as Raheem Sterling or no, Kyle God Walker, no. not God even no. close. I think it was his his movement. He just couldn't keep track of him, honestly. Yeah. And it was his job to man mark him. And I, I mean, I think everybody in the world, with the exception of Jurgen Klopp, all agrees that should have been a second. Yeah. Well, remember, Klopp didn't see the challenge. Yeah. Should should have been a he second. He pulled a yeah. finger. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see it. I'll have to look back <laughs> at the replay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the reason it didn't get looked at by VAR is because it was only a yellow card offense, mm-hmm. potentially, and the referee on the field decided that it was not going to show that card, so that's it. Because even if he would have received a red for the second yellow, the incident itself in isolation is a yellow card incident. And right. That's it's not fu- that a is outside, serious foul correct. play, so they're not going to look that at it. That is outside of VAR's purview. Although, I would argue that it is a clear and obvious error that the referee didn't call that. Yes. He called the foul. He just didn't give a card. Right. He walked over and gave the, you're lucky I'm letting you get away with that. And this is what I have to offer to you for a general question. Do refs call it different with certain matches in certain teams? Yes. Saw that with Fergie time mm-hmm. in, in the way, you know, stoppage time was was given at Old Trafford. The way penalties are called at Old Trafford in general. Um, in certain situations, they let, I mean, it took Dirk Kout drop kicking somebody to get a red card finally in that Merseyside Derby. Which is because funny they because let things Everton, go a bit. Well, which is funny because Everton get tons of reds in Merseyside derbies. We remember Jack Rodwell getting one in the opening three minutes of the match on uh, on the teething racist. And you looked at it, and it wasn't even a yellow. Like, it wasn't even a yellow. It was just a trip in the middle of the field. And he saw straight red for that shit. By the way, uh-huh. just real quick while we're on it, uh, since you brought his name up, Luis Suarez, who is... The teething racist? Yeah, who is... All shithousery personified into one human being. Oh yeah, it's it's it, the the battle for scored King against shithousery is between Diego Costa and uh, and uh, Luis Suarez. Scored against Barca at the weekend, mm-hmm. and Atletico's win. Run to the corner flag, hands uh, picks his finger and his uh, yeah, to thumb up to call. make a phone call. 
apparently complained when they asked about Ronald Koeman coming in and him being moved on. He said that he found it kind of disrespectful for what he had done from the club because it was a very short phone call is how he found out that he was surplus to requirements at Barcelona. <laughs> so he and made so a he phone call. did the phone call and then asked about it in the interview afterwards and he gave a fucking terrible reason. It was like, oh, because my kids still live here in Barcelona and I'm in Madrid. I, you know, let them know that my phone number was still the same and they could call me whenever they want. If you're going to be a teething like, racist, what? be a full-blown teething racist. <laughs> it was brilliant. At least the king of shithousery, Jamie Vardy, owns his shit, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, think about, we talked about this earlier in the car. It, the, like, when it's pissing it down with rain, you yeah. know, similar to the conditions <clears throat> that were at Brighton and Arsenal this weekend. Right. You've, you've seen referees. We've been in games where referees let you get away with a little bit more because it's harder to stop your momentum. And, right. you, you know, you slide a little bit further and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you may lose your footing and bowl into somebody that you normally wouldn't, you know. Um, so, yes, teams get preferential treatment. I mean, yeah. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you know, we see that in this country all the time. We see that. Uh, overseas with Neymar, Lino Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo. Right. Uh, we see it in the stoppage time, like I said, with Sir Alex Ferguson. We've seen that, you know, all over the place. So yeah, the the, the referees, you got to believe they're also human, right? So their their opinion of what's happening on the field is going to be influenced by the conditions, by the atmosphere, by right. everything else. I talked about the the only reason Son got the red card uh, when he broke uh, Andre Gomez's ankle. Yeah. It, the referee sees his foot turned the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Was it necessarily a red card challenge? We talked about it at the time. Uh, wait, uh, right. The then he's got the entire stadium on his back as well. Right. So he initially, remember, gave a yellow uh, in that instance. And then Lars, finally, Lars will say the same thing about Leeds with um, the Elliott foul. That. Right. Was it the atmosphere and the injury that caused the red and not the actual, not the wow. actual tackle itself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have to think, yes, absolutely. Those things influence their human beings. The occasion sometimes gets to referees, right? Yeah, yeah. Most referees, Mike Dean excluded, of course, don't want to be the headline. Oh, as they shouldn't want to be the headline. Dino wants to be the headline. Yeah. <laughs> so giving a red card in the third minute of a derby. Right. Makes the referee. The headline. The story makes the referee the headline yeah. because now the entire match has changed, right? And if it's something innocuous, it makes it all about them. Now, uh, final question I have for you about this, and this will lead into uh, Chelsea as well. Will a club pull away, or do we think it's going to be a dogfight of three, four teams the whole fucking season? It'll be, I, I personally think it'll be a dogfight. Yeah. Um, now I'm it, here it, for it. it. I it, hope it is. It, God, of course, I hope it is. It, of course, depends when they come up against each other, how the other clubs do, right? Mm -hmm. So Chelsea has already lost to City. When Chelsea play Liverpool, if they lose and City win again, obviously Liverpool will have won because they would have beaten Chelsea. Right. If City and Liverpool both win that, you know, that's three more points right? that they're ahead. Because Liverpool won the same weekend that Chelsea lost. It makes City's win even bigger. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. So you, they can... Now, if, if, if Chelsea dominate Liverpool and win that game that brings everybody a little closer together again. Right, right. You know what I mean? That yeah. tightens everything up. So, well, so far it's going to be how they perform against each other because you would expect all three teams to go out and beat Southampton, for instance. Right. Beat us. Right. Well, so far in those three head-to-heads, we have a draw with Chelsea-Liverpool, we have a draw with Liverpool-City, and we have City beating uh, Chelsea. Right. So that's what we have so far. 
And that's going to be a very fun thing to kind of watch. Yeah. And and the fourth one, Manchester United, you keep fucking it off against uh, teams like Villa and uh, and Everton. They ain't going to be in the conversation for very long. So I have something to say about this. Right. Do we want to let's go ahead and do Southampton Chelsea first, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, United and Everton. Yeah. I tell you what, the match was really actually fairly even for the most part during the first half. Like it's the Saints weren't going away. I mean, obviously. Chelsea held more of the possession and seemed to be more in control, but it felt just like what the Saints did against City and what the Saints did against United. Yeah. They were ready to go, we're going to play the dogfight and we're going to hold you out. Yeah. So what what I what I started with here is I said up until the James Ward Prowse red card, this was a pretty frustrating afternoon for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I mean, they again had the possession, had the chances, but McCarthy, McCarthy standing McCarthy on his was, fucking head. Yeah, McCarthy was awesome. That's um, that the, the entire defense stayed switched on, and a lot of it, I think, was boiled down to uh, Omiu um, Romeo. Yeah, was uh, was back. Yeah, you know, yeah, he and, helps. And he helps a ton. Well, he's, he's the most experienced player in that team. Remember, he used to play for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, most experienced player in that team, and really the midfield general in there that keeps everything together. A very serviceable defensive midfielder. Oh, and absolutely. He, he's he why they let Hoiberg go. Completely the linchpin. To to what everything that Southampton do, in my opinion, yeah, and um, well, and it also allows Ward Prowse to get free and start passing and yep. be more box to box. Without him, they've been shite the last few weeks. Yeah. They've also had a few injuries up front, which doesn't help because they can't score goals. Right, but here you go, he's back, and big surprise, they're a little bit more organized. That that save off a of Timo Werner from McCarthy, that is world fucking class. It was dirty. Got that. Big mitt out there, and just—I mean—the ball's going in the back of the net. There's no doubt about it. That and then dirty. you just then you just see this arm fly out and go, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> the old Dikembe Mutombo. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. No doubt. And then, unfortunately, the red card happens. Yes. So, me and you kind of differ of opinion on this a little bit. The reason this was looked at by VAR is they it because it was a red card offense. They were able to revisit it, even though the referee on the pitch only showed a yellow, uh, is because it, it was endangering the safety of an opponent um, or serious foul play. Uh, I don't remember what they actually uh, serious foul play judged it for. Now I think this tackle was reckless. If I did this in a game, I would expect to be sent off. Okay, um, his body was not touching the ground. Now I get it; he's lunging for the ball. But if that's the case, then why did his trailing leg come through the other leg of Jorginho? Yeah, he yeah. was, no, and he was nowhere near the the ball. To be honest, I mean, Jorginho had it, and it was in front of him, and he had just flicked it away. Fair enough. Uh, he didn't flick it away. He lost control of it. But it went. He went completely through the player. Yeah, and I'm. I'm like not- I said, he wasn't sliding in. Yep. You know, his body was completely off the ground. If it was an inch or two up his leg, it could have snapped his leg in half. I I don't disagree that it's a red card. It's it's a red card. I think that he makes that tackle. He goes for that ball simply because Jorginho fucked it off. Like Jorginho mishit it. And if he gets any of that ball, it's probably not even called as a foul. No. Now he didn't now obviously he did not get the ball and it's unfortunate. I think it's the second red card he's gotten in like 8 years. In, in the something in the like prim. that, yeah, yeah, like and and you lose him. I'm sorry, that's it. Spine's gone. Done. It's over. It's yeah. done. Like you want to talk about 
players on teams that if they lose, it's dire. James James Ward Prowse is is absolutely that player. And that's a straight red. That went from a yellow to a straight red. That's three out. That's He's the one with the Not keys. Good. He's the one that unlocks the defenses, right? I mean, we said this about James Madison for Leicester, about, you know, certain players. He's the one with the keys. And if he's not he's, around, it's trouble. He's every free kick. He's every penalty. Yep. He's every corner. He is everything to that team. And then after that, uh, Chelsea took over. But I would say it was very interesting. Uh, Tuchel, not having Mount right now, had to go a little bit deeper on the bench and start seeing Ruben Loftus-Cheek start and perform. Yep. Barkley comes in, and on that second goal, nobody a, talks about it, pass. but it was that pass. What a pass. Was, I mean, he took a second that from diagonal. the green crayon and just, whoo. Like them last three nasty. Brain, them last three brain cells kicked on and measured that ball perfectly. Fucking nasty. I mean, that ball absolutely to nasty. That ball was fucking phenomenal. That could end up being one of the passes of the season. It was gorgeous. Absolutely it was fantastic. gorgeous. Fantastic. Perfect first time cross as well. Mm-hmm. And then further fucking my fantasy team, uh, Timo Werner steps in front of Romelu Lukaku and puts it away <laughs> for his first Chelsea goal in what seems like five years, even though he's only been there for two and a half. Yeah. And then he had the one taken away early on for, for a foul. And then he also, which definitely has, was a foul, by the way, oh yeah, I, that he has the McCarthy save. It's like nothing's ever going to go in. <laughs> and how about that? Within two yards of the goal, he managed to keep the ball on the ground. Apparently he's been listening to big Rom, right? Like, Tuchel pointed at him and said, see what Rom does. You need to do this. <laughs> do, do that. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> well, he, so what did we say? Did Mel, did we make the joke? You're usually better at remembering the jokes than we are. Did we make the joke about uh, the the one person that should be least scared uh, about Timo Werner is his girlfriend's father because he always misses? No, I would have remembered <laughs> that one, I think. <laughs> HR might have given you a call on that one. Oh, yeah. HR would definitely want to have a talk with you on that one. Still funny. Uh, but uh, to, the, the bigger thing as is. most HR violations are is look at Tuchel using his bench, bringing back kind of guys from, quote, the dead, you know? Yeah. And to, to kind of fill in and play, and they performed in the midweek in, uh, I know Loftus-Cheek did in the uh, in uh, in the Champions League play, and it did just the the tinkerer, the, the fucking chess master, yep. finding another fucking pawn to turn into to something great, making exactly. it work. Now, a lot of those players, as you said earlier, needed to shake off a bit of rust, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't really been... Right. Involved in the first team for real, besides training, obviously. That was Barkley's first first team appearance for Chelsea in the Premier League in over a year. Yeah. Yeah. And it took him a minute to settle in, but he finally did. And and you know, being <clears throat> in training with him, it looks like the spirit's good. I mean, everybody celebrated together after each goal. Yeah. Everybody seemed like they knew what they were doing. So he's obviously working on something special over there. Mm-hmm. They just got to find that consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now let's go ahead and talk about the last one. Um, well, Ben Chilwell's, oh, is that what you're talking about? Please. Yeah, go ahead. So this was the first of two that uh, that I saw where um, uh, goalkeepers made fantastic saves, but they were still called goals because they made those saves about an inch behind the line. Yes. And uh, it was a very kind of comical, of, a comedy of errors, if you will. We'll be talking uh, about the next one in the next segment. From, from Chelsea, uh, where... They hit the post twice somehow. Lukaku hit the post, and then I think it was Aspilicueta, maybe Werner, got the rebound, put it against the angle, falls out wide to uh, 
Chill to on. Ben Chilwell and the technique. Everybody thought, I thought he was just going to put the ball back in the mixer, just fire it across the face of goal. And the way he caught that ball so sweetly, side foot uh, or, or side volley with his laces, kept it down and just fizzed it at a very, very tight angle. Mm-hmm. And McCarthy did everything he could. I mean, he, he was equal to it. He was just an inch behind. Yep. And, yep. and made the save. And it was, you know, in this instance, thank God for technology, right? Right. And, and the, uh, the old watch buzzed and, uh, and they were awarded the goal. And three points. It was a fantastic strike. Uh, good, good three points for Chelsea, considering that uh, bulk of that game seemed like it was going to be very frustrating. Yeah, and it is kind of anticlimactic when a, a beautiful hit like that doesn't hit the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of annoying and a little anticlimactic because <clears throat> you want volleys like that to just, yeah, just bulge. Yeah, rip, rip through the net. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so moving on to the last one. United, you're not going to be in the championship talk if you continue to lose at home to Villa and then draw at home should have lost at home to Everton. Everton should have beat you. Rephrase. Those two results are indicative of being fully involved in championship talk. (laughs) (laughs) Not title contention. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But championship talk. (laughs) I heard. And that's for all of you twats on the old interwebs that started the season talking shit about me and my voice. Yeah. Jesus. Um, no, nah, United absolutely, do, uh, absolutely dominated possession. They ob- <laughs> absolutely, but uh, <laughs> but, ex- but expected. Like you know what Rafa's going to do yeah, for no, this absolutely, game. Absolutely, and um, like come come break us down. I fucking dare you. That's what he's going to do. Three quarters of the possession, just about. Uh, I think it was seventy two percent, and they tripled you all up on shots on target, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little worrisome. But that being said. Pickford had a great game, mm-hmm. made a ton of saves. Mm-hmm. Y'all got some good blocks in um, and and had your chances yourselves, even, mm-hmm. even though they had the ball so much. Yep. And boy, did you make it count. Oh, my God. Well, uh, first off, let's mention Ole had to shuffle around the lineup. And I don't hold it against Ole for shuffling around the lineup. At some point, you have to fucking rest players. The amount of competitions you are playing in, you have to rotate. You have to rest players. Especially Ronaldo's 36 years old. Right. You can't just keep expecting him to fucking play every fucking minute for you. You can't, right? And and you have another, you know, veteran presence in, in, in Cavani, Cavani that yeah. can do it. That's and, a little younger than Ronaldo. Oh, and by the way, you know, fucking Martial knows how to fucking play forward. You know, like let, let these guys play. My biggest problem with, with United currently is is it feels like they're walking on the pitch and I'm not sure if this is coaching or not, but they're walking on the pitch and they're just going, oh, yeah, we're united. So we're going to maintain possession. And at some point you all are going to piss off and get out of our way and let us win. Newsflash teams like Villa and Everton are not going to let you fucking correct. They're, they're not going to be a pushover. Like, <laughs> like I said, with, with, with such little of the ball that you all had, I would point out that, Manchester United's back line looks frail. Yeah. Because why are you allowed with just 28% of the ball? Why are you allowed to have four shots on target? Yeah. Yeah. How, they should have locked that down. 28% we should have a shot on target. Yeah. Maybe. Right. How how are they allowing that to happen? So I, I would venture to say that they're a bit frail mm. at the back, even still. <clears throat> and this is after Varane shows up. Uh, the the Everton goal, the three players involved in it, 
fucking fantastic. Just well, and, Damari Gray getting the ball on the sideline. It's a the, fantastic counterattack. And DeCorey cutting in. Oh, DeCorey. And then giving it up to Towson, who smart enough to not put it on his stronger foot, just goes ahead and lets it go with his right foot because he took knew. It, took it early. Yep. De Gea had no, you saw De Gea. De Gea just kind of, you know, well, he, he, there's he, nothing he you can do. Him, he waited for him to come out and plant his feet. Yeah. And right when he saw both of his feet off the ground, yeah, that means he's just planting, he's planting and diving, right? Yeah. As and soon as he saw both of his feet off the ground, he dispatched. And you don't put that on a keeper because that's no man's land. He's oh, either yeah. going near post or far post. You have no idea until he's swinging. I actually felt bad for Jordan Pickford and the Martial ball that took a slight deflection, I think, that took it away from him. Because mm-hmm. you don't normally see Pickford get beat on his near post like that. No. And uh, and he did it. Except that, for against Newcastle. He loves to give up the near post against Newcastle. But that little that little deflection, I think, took it away from him Yeah, uh, for the opening goal. So uh, uh, Yerry Mina. Uh, One could argue that that ball should have never been passed. But real real quick. Towson. Doing the Ronaldo celebration. (laughs) Shithousery. We we celebrate shithousery here at the Junkie Night Football Show. And him running to the corner and doing the jump in the air and pointing his back thing. What's fucking priceless. <laughs> now he, oh, came, was he came out and said it was a tribute to a great player. Yep. Yeah. Sure uh, it was. Maybe well, him. Yeah. Hmm. Just don't say anything. Yep. Just don't say anything. Or yeah. come out and say, yeah, that was a big middle finger. Yeah. Right? Give it to me. Give it to me properly. Yeah. I don't I don't want this sugar coated bullshit. Well you've never played with him before. What do you care? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a tribute to a great player. Fuck yourself. This isn't a retirement tour. The Davies, the Davies, Mina, uh, the goal that ended up ultimately being offsides, which Mina was offsides. Um, Unfortunate, but he was. Yeah. If Davies takes that shot, Davies probably scores in all likelihood. But unless you are a lethal cutthroat classic scorer, you know, Salah, Mane, Lukaku, Ronaldo, if most most players, I would say 90% of the players in the Premier League, you know what they're going to do? They're going to pass that ball. Right. They're going to see the easy tap in, and they're going to pass that ball. It's just what's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to fucking happen. I hear you. <clears throat> I just, it's unfortunate. It's also unfortunate that uh, all of uh, Everton Twitter, they just love fucking blasting him. It doesn't matter what he does. It's unfortunate for Tom. He just... He can't seem to ever catch a break. And it was like, kid actually in his sub appearance, played his ass off, put himself in a good situation and fucking settle down. Like, just settle the fuck down. So that's the third draw in three years for Everton at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I wanted to say about Ronaldo, the point I was going to bring up before is, do you think, the question I had for you, I, I should say, is do you think that the ownership and uh, chief executive uh branch of Manchester United brought in Cristiano Ronaldo, excuse me, to speed up the process of firing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Because Perhaps. somebody like Ronaldo, who famously has friends over his house from the uh-huh. team and only serves three ounces of broccoli and five ounces of chicken breast, right. and then asks if they want to go play football mm-hmm. in the backyard mm-hmm. on their downtime, <laughs> yeah, um, will not be having this fucking crackerjack bullshit. It could be. And also, he's a big enough name and a big enough talent That's what to I'm saying. pull a good coach. Exactly. But also yeah. to come at, walk in and say, uh, even deliver the news for him. Yeah. <laughs> Can you go tell Ole he's fired? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't disagree with that thought. I'm going to finish this segment with one very interesting thing. Seven matches. Six goals and four assists between uh, Townsend and Gray. 
that cost $2 million versus $103 million for the entirety of 2017, the year we like to call the year of the 10. The year of the number 10s. 14 goals, 5 assists. That was Rooney, Gilfie, Sandro, Danny Klassen, and Vlasic, who's now with uh, West Ham. Uh, by the way, all 14 of those goals and five assists came from Rooney and Gilfie. Yeah. <laughs> and 10 of those, 10 of those goals came from Rooney. <laughs> right. And everybody wonders why, how you finance a team and how you manage their salaries and the money you spend means so much. There's a reason why Everton was only able to spend $2 million this year. It's called still fixing 20 fucking 17. Yeah. So, so what I what I would say to that is Rooney's the only one that deserved to have money spent on him because he was doing the I'm coming back to my boyhood club where it all started so I can retire thing. And he was a free. Right. And he was free. It didn't <laughs> cost anything. That's the, the other, other four cost 103 million. <laughs> the other four. And but Sandro Gil- was only six million. But Gilfie was already there, wasn't he? No, he was brought in that year. Gilfie. He was brought in that year on 54 million. It was at the time a a record signing for us. That's right. Yeah. I think he still is the record signing. Probably. I I believe Pickford (laughs) might have been part of that year too. I'm not positive. Any any update there? Nothing. On uh, Gilfie? Nothing. Still nothing. I've heard nothing. All mum's the word, huh? Yeah. All right. There you go. That's an interesting way to end a segment. couple of clubs new to the top end of the table and uh, the way they're currently playing, they won't be falling back any fucking time soon. Brentford two, West Ham one, Brighton nil, Arsenal nil. Um, I would have put this in the first segment. There was no place to really put it. Best game of the weekend was Brentford West Ham. It was a great game. Hands down. The, I mean, yeah. it was, it was better overall than Liverpool city overall. Yes. 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 I agree. It was, it was the best game of the weekend. After just two minutes and Buemo clipped the crossbar, I mean, they made their intentions known from the fucking start, right? And, uh, and Fabianski had himself a day, too. Uh, he was making gr- some fucking saves. He had a great save from Ivan Tony. Uh, and Antonio had it uh, just wide. I thought it clipped the bar, and then luckily they showed the, you know, kind of sky cam yeah. Yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. and uh, it showed that it hit the water bottle of, Oh, um, that was Zuma. That wasn't Antonio. That was Zuma. Who oh, that did was that Zuma. One. Okay. Yeah. But headed it just wide and hit the water bottle. So from the other angle, the television angle looked like it had hit the post. Got over two defensemen on the backside. Yeah. And it was, it was a pinpoint header. Like it was just towering header. It was yeah, an it was, inch short. I mean, yep. he did everything right. It just didn't go in. Yeah, funny. Mel described you the same way. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Thanks. A <laughs> <laughs> um, little bit of fortune in the opener though. Um, after what appeared to be a good double save. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this what was you, the second one. This was the second one. He did so well to get up. Now, granted, he probably shouldn't have put the initial save back into play like mm-hmm. that, but I don't really think there was a lot else he could have done. It's, it's a one-on-one. You, as a keeper, you're just diving and hoping to knock it away, yeah. and that's that's and just, all you can do, and that's what he did. He knocked it away. It happened Somebody to was running Buemo. through. He got up well. He dove well again, but it was just behind mm-hmm. just behind the line. Yep. Um, but again, it was just one of those everybody did their job and it's just a little unfortunate. Yeah, but it's it's a goal. It's what happens. It's not not very often can you point pinpoint something and go, that was the mistake there. This is the moment in which he knew he fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It, that didn't happen in this or the McCarthy change. Yeah, exactly. Um but it was it was very well done. 
Uh, ben Rama almost scored about three or four times. <laughs> Jesus, putting everything <laughs> off the post. <laughs> they were like, before the game, they're like, hey, everybody keep an eye on Ben Rama. He used to play for Brentford. Apparently, Ben Rama got that fucking memo. Because <laughs> yeah. he Every was time involved. he touched the ball, he shot. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we touched the volley shot, and they were all very, very close. Yeah. It was um, insane. West Ham really did after the break. West Ham really started to dominate. Just hammering and turn, hammering turn and hammering. Screw, pun intended, I, yeah. I assume. Um Brentford did held strong uh, for about 30 minutes, but Bowen took a half volley hey, with a plum. You talk about the Chillwell goal. With a plum. Oh. <laughs> yeah. With his off foot as well. His off foot. Bowen's left footed. Like an inch off the ground, an inch inside the post. I mean, just hey, you don't get more perfectly hit than that. I mean, listen, it just zinged. If he if he played for Accrington Stanley, mm-hmm. Ben could take a week off. <laughs> we don't need to mow that part of the grass. That okay? is perfectly Fucking manicured. Thank you very burner. much. Yeah, worm burner. That wow, was flying! It and was then, fantastic. And then continued like Brentford was up for the fucking action. They kept going back at him. West Ham still had chances. I mean, the game was flying. Oh yeah, and it was interesting that it was it it had still a ton of action to it because let's face it, West Ham did attempt to slow it down some, and they did yep. a decent job of it. Just Brentford went okay, so you're going to throw a different game at us than the week before with Liverpool, where it was just fucking mayhem they're like okay we're good with this like we'll play this way too which yeah. is which is great to it's, just it was see really them. hard in a game to be able to change that as well from an, an, a brand new side uh, to the Premier League you know it's it's a lot of season we'll say that all, all all the time it's a lot of season they're a new team there's a lot to learn but right now so I keep saying about my fantasy team they are answering the fucking call like they are it doesn't matter what style you play against them they're like Okay, we'll play that game. Yeah, we got that. Yeah, we'll do, um, we'll do that. Deep into stoppage time, Wisa uh, volleyed home following a good save from Fabianski again. <laughs> like, um, some people are saying that Fabianski should have held it. I'm uh, like, at that... That came at him at pace. Weird just, angle. Yes, it was at his face and hands, and he was a little off the ground, but... At that pace and angle, the, the and how quickly that ball came in on a corner, no, you knock it away. And you knock I, it away. But I, I think, honestly, because there was another header involved from the West Ham defense before it fell to Lisa. Mm-hmm. And they fucked that up. Yeah. I, that's the you-know-you-fucked-up moment. Defense, get the fucking yeah, ball out of why here. Why did you not get it out of there, in in my opinion, personally? But, um, yeah, but Lisa with a great strike and, and, and kind of fit it, you know, between... A lot of traffic there. Yeah. Yeah. And scored. And I love his little meditation uh, celebration. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's pretty down. good. It was pretty great. That's brilliant. And then, of course, our girl Jane just giving us the full recap on Facebook when love it's it. actually working is awesome. I want to see if they get pumped. Yeah. Which I don't, honestly, I don't think they will because they have enough going forward. Like Leeds hey, last season. They never stick really around. got pumped. Yeah. But I want to see if. if well, she even does, when Leeds got pumped, it was seven to two because they scored goals too. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to see if she visits <laughs> these match the reports. Thumping. These match reports with the same vigor and enthusiasm when she's on the back of a, when, a fucking when City hiding. lays down a five nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like oh well, we got where, our introduction Jane, where, to the Premier League today. <laughs> where you at, Jane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for the irons, it'll be like it'll be like you know how Jesus wept is famously the shortest verse yes. in the Bible. It'll be. <laughs> Brentford fucked it. <laughs> City dominated. It'll just be, you know, nice I mean? and simple um, for, for the irons. Shake this off. Just shake it off. 
You're yeah, doing. They're winning in Europe. The top in the group in the exactly. Europa League. Exactly. You're, you're, you're still there. Thereabouts in the Premier League right now. You're doing what you're supposed Correct. to do. You you come back to a tough match. You have Everton uh, when you come back from uh, from the break, which is going to be a good. I mean, it's going to be a very boring match. It'll be one nothing to either side. That will be the West Ham Everton match. But yeah, pretty much. But for them, they've been able to rotate players. They've been able to use their backups, like you know. Fornals and um, and Yarmolenko and guys like that, they've been able to use them in Europe and they're performing. This was just a hiccup. Keep moving on. Right. You, you, you can't let your heads drop <clears throat> yet. And, uh, and you, you got to figure also. Brentford Moyes isn't going to let that happen either. Brentford would have looked at this that this could be a scalp. They would have <laughs> looked at this before the season started. And yeah. Went, this could be a scalp here. Excellent it's a point. Big, it's a big team in Europe. They're focused on other things, right? Yep. And if they have an injury or two or haven't fully integrated somebody new into the squad, there there could be weaknesses we could exploit. It's in London, so it's an easy trip for us. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you just got to look past that for, for the Irons, at least. Ugly fucking day on the South Coast, man. Just pouring down rain and just pissing it down. Ugh. And honestly... Brighton, the better of the chances. Yeah, um, I, I would say so also. They they kind of, both of them exchanged kind of weak blows in the first 10 minutes or so. Yeah. Um, but Brighton really started to turn the screw and groan to the game. Uh, Arsenal were living dangerously for sure uh, in much of the first half. Um, but Brighton couldn't convert. Ramsdale was called on a couple of times. Two two saves uh, that I can think of off the top of my head that were amazing. Yeah. One of which won't be recorded as a save. Uh, it was a, a cross that came in. And he that, knocked it away. And he, that the defense kind of felt a part on, really. Mm-hmm. Um, no big surprise. And uh, Neil Mope was was stealing in and obviously that going to finish the chance. Big hand that just swiped it away. Yeah, it was it gorgeous. Was it was gorgeous. But what I will say is Leno was prone to making saves like that. And the defense was so switched off that it was that rebound that, that got put away. The defense seems to be trusting in Ramsdale and they are responding to Ramsdale also because they are like continuing the, to stay focused. They're continuing to track back. And when he had that ball, I think it may have been Odegaard was there mm-hmm. and pumped the ball, you know, 60 yards down the field, just got it away again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was going to gonna, I was gonna say the midfield and the attack are responding to the defense and the keeper of uh-huh. this team as well. Very, very much so. Not the best from the Gunners, but it's a point. And for it's you a, guys in the building process, it's what you need. It's it's what you needed. It's a place that's been a bit of a bogey for us in the last few seasons. A team that's been a bogey for us in the last few seasons. Remember, Project Restart re- re- began uh, last year when football came back. Brighton Arsenal at Arsenal, and they beat us. I think it was at Arsenal. Yeah. And they beat us. That was the whole less pay time because Leno got hurt. On uh, on a nudge that happened from Mope, it fucked his knee up, and ultimately brought in Emmy, which Emmy won you a cup, and then Emmy went to uh, Villa. So uh, Mel, say thank you, Neil Mope. Thank you, Mope. There you go. <laughs> Emmy fucks. <laughs> Fucking me, button. Didn't fuck this weekend. <laughs> they were fuck less this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. Pissed me off. <laughs> Screwed my bet again. Fucked your bet again. So um, here's the big question, Sam. Do you see either Brentford or Brighton in the top 10 at the end of the season? No. I agree. I don't either. The reason is I think Brighton aren't very deep, especially defensively. Right. So if there is an injury, I think they will begin to fall apart. Yeah. Brighton are also known 
This is the first season they've done this, right? They usually start the season well, but they usually start the season in eighth. Right. You know, and then they go on the Brighton slide. Yeah. Yeah. They do the Brighton two-step right down to 17. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we haven't seen, there just isn't the history there. There isn't the, I don't know how to say it. I can't think of the word. That's there okay. isn't the evidence, I guess, is, is probably the best right. way to go on. There isn't the evidence to go on that this will continue yet. Yeah. You know, because uh, same managers last two seasons. Yep. And they've done that slide each year. So now they look more mature, but will that pan out? You know, uh, know. Brentford, enjoy the ride while you have it. It's going to become a harsh reality as the season goes on. It's, you know, I like their style of play, but I just ultimately don't see them finishing in the top 10. I see them in like 14th, 15th place. And with, and with Brighton, it's very simple. How about you fucking win a game after January? Yeah, fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. I was I was letting you hang out to dry because I knew that's what I wanted to end it on, and I wasn't going to end it on that until you were done talking. Uh, rounding out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Leeds won, Watford nil, Burnley nil, Norwich nil, Wolves two, Newcastle one, Spurs two, Villa one, Palace two, Leicester two. Leeds are finally on the fucking board. To the relief of every fucking Leeds fan out there. No shit. Well, they were really the only ones that played in the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the weekend. Watford weren't terribly involved. They had all of the play. Uh, they almost shot themselves in the foot late on, though. Meslier dropping the ball, hitting it against his own knee, and it finding the back of the net. But they were bailed out by uh, VAR yep. and a uh, bit of a rugby tackle there yeah. at the, at yeah. the, uh, at the front bit, post. A little bit of a rugby <laughs> tackle. A little bit. Try to get through these a little quickly to, uh, here for the end because we're already running a little long. With with Watford, I will say this much. Their defense is stout. They don't give up a ton of goals. And if teams don't pay attention, a.k.a. Southampton, Burnley, and Newcastle, there could be two promoted teams that stay up this year. Yeah, and Saar could keep them up single-handedly <laughs> if he gets the like, right opportunities. Because yeah. th- right now, if you look at them in the record, if you look at the record, we talk about timely wins and the wins you need to get. They've gotten a couple of timely wins already. Yep. So who's to say they won't get a timely win when they're facing Newcastle or Southampton? Like, there'll yeah. be opportunities for them. From the lead side, though, you would have liked Patrick Bamford to get a goal at some point because um, he started the season very, very slowly here. Yeah. I imagine once he scores, the floodgates will kind of open a little bit and you could see him going a bit like a four or five game scoring streak. Yeah. Um, but they're getting goals from somewhere. This is, we've all dealt with this. Like you yeah, dealt with it earlier absolutely. this season after the 0 3 start. What did you What did you think after Norwich? Thank God we fucking won. Yeah. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. There was one thing. It didn't matter how it happened. You're just like, thank fucking God yeah. we won. And it's, how ugly it was. Exactly and that. For, and this wasn't pretty. It was uh, uh, Diego Urente. Yeah. Very, it just kind of stuck out a hopeful boot and it happened to find its way between a butthole sized shape uh, and two players to find the back of the net. And I am excited as hell, Sam, to say the following statement for the first time this season. Burnley Football Club and Norwich Football Club played a professional match in the English Premier League this week. (laughs) Nothing happened. Claret's got to be wishing that they got all three, but you know what? You didn't lose three. You at least got one. Listen. For for Burnley, that's what it's got to be. Just I'll tell you, it's three sentences. Six shots on target from 25 shots overall between the two teams. Both goalkeepers played well. Norwich with the better of the chances despite only having two shots. Nick Pope doing well to stop both efforts and being man of the match. 
that really sums it up, you know, when the goalkeeper is man of the match, for fuck's sake. <laughs> that, they played a professional match. Um, so, Sam, last season we devoted a lot of time to the cock. Because the cock was wait for this. firm and stout and resolute. But the problem is the cock's been hurt a lot. A lot of injuries with the cock. Yeah, it started the season a bit flaccid. Yeah, and there's been issues. So now, especially considering what went on with Wolves, this is no longer the year of the cock. It's the year of the wang. It is the year of the wang. Two goals. Because the wang was prophetic and stable and pulsing and on target. He was mature. Yeah. He was astute. He... uh. Penetrated into the box well. Uh, Sam, please tell everybody what your uh, notes said for this game. Uh, pretty even on chances and possession. Bit of a fortunate equalizer. Dick jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and knowing uh, listeners like Keith and Alan, who are diehard, big-time Newcastle supporters, they completely appreciate the fact that right now, we're we not are not talking about Newcastle. We're just having a dick joke conversation, <laughs> and that is it. Because it is the year of the Wang, Sam. It is the year of the Wang. Now, there is one other weird thing. So um, one of our listeners of the show who is on Twitter, I talk with constantly, uh, Miss LH, huge uh, Newcastle supporter, yeah. at the 37-minute mark said, tweeted, Hendricks is going to score a goal. And he did, damn it. What kind of voodoo witchcraft <laughs> shit is that? And I mean, like, of all the people, Jeff Morgan Hendricks, that's who we're like, this is who we're going to have the voodoo mind, Jedi mind trick for. It's Jeff Hendricks is going to score a fucking goal. I want to know where the fucking goalkeeper was for that goal, too, by the way. <laughs> what little fucking field trip did he go on out of the side of the six-yard uh, box? Saad likes to go on adventures so far. We've weird. seen this multiple times during this season weird with them. He's he, he makes a bunch of great saves and then he just has like a moment in like the box where he's like chasing butterflies and like blowing dandelions all over the place. <laughs> he's like, what is he? <laughs> where just, was he? And then he came back and like he has studs on the bottom of his boots, presumably. Yeah. But he did like, like slid, like yeah. did a Michael Jackson slide. Well, he's moonwalking. <laughs> and Jeff Hendrick found the far corner. It's very fucking weird goal. But and that makes it even more voodoo shit because it shouldn't have fucking happened. Yeah, just really weird. She she willed it. She willed it into existence. Just want uh, understand why when you get one opportunity to will something into existence, Jeff fucking Hedrick is who you pick to will it into existence. Well, yeah. Well, listen. If if the uh, Newcastle defense is the wing woman in this situation, and Raúl Jiménez is the wing man in this situation. He really did his wang proud because he took all the blows on the chin and the buildup to both goals for Wolves. <laughs> Year of the fucking wang, my friend. Year of the fucking wang. Um, Spurs. I even wrote two great bits of play. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spurs desperately needed that win after the huge slide that they've been on. No, they didn't. They did not. Well, I come on. Let's try to be partial here, killer. No, let's not. <laughs> you start the show with we are a completely biased recap. That's true. We uh, are. Yeah. And I needed this for my fucking bet. So it cost me money too. Um, Villa fucked me again. <laughs> Big surprise. Well, Villa fucks. Yeah. Harry Kane uh, almost caught Martinez off his line. Dude. Bit of a weird passage of play as the the I, the wannabe Beckham one. 
Yeah, but who was it? Was Tyrone Mings and and Dombele maybe mm-hmm. somebody? He was trying to stand him up. They both were grabbing each other, <laughs> and then just kind of fell over. <laughs> it was really weird. I believe there was Martinez that Kansa chuckled a little bit after yeah. that. Uh, and then there was the time that Harry Kane was one on one with uh, Martinez and Martinez and couldn't get by, and then yep. got a rebound and couldn't get that by. And I'd be less upset. If that Villa lost, if uh, Harry plugs Kane had actually scored, because for some reason he's number one draft pick and he's on my fantasy team, yet I've gotten fuck all points from him. Because he doesn't care. He wants to be at City. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, Clearly. Kids, would you like more Bloody Mary? Please pass your glasses. This I, I got to say, we were competitive. It yeah. was a good game. Hey, it's been a hell of a murderer's row for you. That was four not yeah. easy games. Yeah. And you went two and two in it. So you got to be happy. Hoiberg with a decent goal, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was worthy of being a forwards finish. Just a passed ball into the far corner. Ollie Watkins with his. That was a great goal as well. I saw it coming, too. Big B was uh, barking at me, and I was getting ready to take him out to the the potty. And then I saw Danny Ings coming down, and then I saw Target right in position, and I saw Watkins coming to the middle, and I just stopped. Yeah. I just knew it was coming, and then boom, boom, bloop, and it was so sweet. Oh, it was brilliant. I'm literally on the phone with your highness celebrating the score when, uh, when, uh, pass pass him as Bloody Mary, please. Can't talk and pass at the same time. When Spurs (laughs) scored the second goal, but how how about you pass and talk and do shots of Malort all at the same time? I'm just going to do my shot of Malort, um, because I'm pissed that if Spurs were going to beat Villa, I couldn't at least get fucking fantasy points off that useless loser, Harry Plugs Kane. So, two things. Fuck the Villa. Maddie Target had to make that challenge. Oh, yeah. Or else Lucas Moore was putting that away. Oh, yeah. So blaming him that I saw a lot of on the uh, internet this weekend is ridiculous Mm. and has to be by mouth breathers that don't know how to play football. Mm -hmm. By that, I don't mean Harry Kane. Yeah, Target's underrated. Harry Kane's overrated. Now, somebody did share a meme of Harry Kane's player card from FIFA. Harry plugs, care plugs Kane. Uh, that has his dribbling rating at an 81, and they were astounded, and the caption was, have they not seen him speak? Because <laughs> his dribbling should be more like a 95. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great. I think that was Tupper who did yeah, that one. Yeah, it was pretty fucking it? funny. Uh, pretty great. Um, so moving on to the final match, uh, what the fuck are we supposed to make of the Foxes? I don't know. I'm nervous <laughs> for Brendan Rodgers, though, to be quite frank. It just, we saw it with Ranieri. He won them the league. They had a bad start to the season, and he was gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I would be a little concerned for uh, old Brendy because he won him the FA Cup. He won him the Community Shield. They've kind of had a shit start to the season. Yeah, yeah. And like I, I told you last week, I feel like this is them coming back to the pack. Um because it doesn't seem like there's really an answer. And Siyunchu looks like a man completely <clears throat> debreft of con- uh, co- uh, confidence. And I guess like Kasanye kicked a fucking dog or something because he's not in game. He's he getting get subs. A team. He gets subs and that's it. And it's like, that seems off. And then, you know, Madison is in and out of shape constantly. And I mean, I feel like they added some decent pieces to the team as a whole. And it just none of it's fucking clicking right now for them at all. And and here's the thing. They get out to a fucking 2-0 lead. Now, I'd, I'd like to... I'm going to take a moment here, Sam, and give you a little something to make you proud for the moment. 
of hard men in the history of professional football, the Mount Rushmore, the four, probably one of the first one or two names on that list would be Crystal Palace manager, former Arsenal great Patrick Vieira. Yes. Um, I would like to think that at halftime, uh, Mr. Vieira insulted mothers and children of the players of Crystal <laughs> yeah, Palace. No shit, right? Because Palace came in into the second half and allow me to just steal a pro, a little thought from, from Mel and Villa. Uh, Palace fucked in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> Palace fucked. Big they, time. That was, that was, they came out and they were damaged in that yeah. locker room. Fiera <laughs> damaged them yeah, in the to. locker room. Absolutely had to. They were fantastic. I do think um, on Jamie Vardy's second, on the second goal of the night from Jamie Vardy, I do think that Guaita should have done better with that in your post. Yeah, yeah. He's in, in he's prone opinion. the occasional mishap yeah. from him, and yeah, he, I agree, could have done better. But now in the second half, you're absolutely right. Uh, Edward hit the post, uh, I'm sorry, hit the uh, crossbar in the second half, which which could have been different. <clears throat> it was very good work from him. Yeah. Uh, Elise did finally put the first goal in. Uh, good reactions after his inif- initial effort was blocked. Another volley. Uh, did set his body correctly. Got a clean strike on him. It was good. And then bunch of headers, pinball headers, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, Jeffrey Schlipp stood up, uh, stood up and headed the ball into the back of that to uh, grab the equalizer for Villa. The former Fox. But you're absolutely right. The Mount Rushmore of hard men, Patrick, uh, <clears throat> one of which is Patrick Vieira. Definitely gave his team a right bollocking at halftime. It's either Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira is one and two, right? It's one A and one B. Those are the first two that get chiseled. They might even be chiseled together. It's one A, one B, and then number three. They don't yeah. do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. Oh, now, yeah. speaking of that, at the pitch side at, on the Sky Sports coverage of Manchester City and Liverpool, Micah Richards, who struck up an unlikely partnership with Roy Keane, the former mm-hmm. uh, Villa and Manchester City defender. Yep. Uh, y- a lot younger than Roy Keane as yeah, well. Yeah, of course. Um, did step up there. And uh, what the host of the proceedings said to Micah Richards, like, who do you look up to? Because they had had an interview with Curtis Jones and, mm-hmm. you know, and Phil Foden, you know, being young players in massive teams and how right. that's translating. And he said, who, who did you look up to as a kid? He goes, you know, when I was playing, you know, Patrick Vieira came in as one of the best midfielders I've ever played with and and real leader and, you know, a lot better than somebody I'm standing next to right now. <laughs> and then he just couldn't it started laughing and then he just couldn't look at him. And he goes, I, I can't even look over there because I could feel his eyes burning a hole in me. <laughs> and Roy Keane just had a little uh, right uh, wry smile on his face. It's yeah. pretty funny. Uh, but they did a, a television show as well, which I have to fucking find on YouTube. Um where they kind of traveled around during the summer in a car together, and did like road <laughs> trip, and just talking about shit, and it just is brilliant because they're so opposite. Because Roy yep. Keane was an alcoholic, yeah, so he's very kind of stoic, right? Right. After a loss, he's angry, but he's not super angry. After a win, he just there's no celebration. He's just very now, just very stoic. Where before he kind of was led by raw emotion and his right. alcoholism, right. <laughs> This is very funny. So uh, over under um, three, how many uh, Crystal Palace players uh, actually cried as Patrick Vieira screamed at him at halftime? I would say probably under because 
I feel like Palace has been through the ringer a bit. Uh, so I think they're kind of used to it. All right. Yeah, but, they, but re, old, old Roy boy had never gave a well, skull fucking too. like Patrick Vieira. <laughs> yeah, okay? That's true too. Yeah, that's fair. You might I, be right on the over. I, um, you know who definitely cried? Zaha. Sure money. All right, it is time for sure money. This is the segment where we bet our hard-earned money in the hopes that you'll take advice from our tried and true surefire systems that being said we all missed this week uh, <laughs> but i only missed uh just villa fucked me again uh but sammy how did yours go well first off we need to uh it's very important we love when um obviously y'all are doing it legally and responsibly but we love to hear when you all fuck off bets that's very very important and uh keith who's already having a hard enough time of a go of it being a newcastle supporter uh, reached in and said, reached out and said, wanted to let producer Mel know, uh, her, uh, her team fucked me on my Sam Graham special three-way. Uh, glad I only dropped 20 bucks on that stupid bet. He had picked Chelsea to win. They did. Leeds to win. They did. Villa to win. They did not. Not uh, good gambling. <laughs> no, not at all. Still enjoying the show, even though my team is going down. At least I look forward to uh, a Tyneware Derby in my future. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, pints at the concessions will be cheaper. Sausage rolls will be cheaper. Yeah, it's all so going to work discounted out. Discounted Sports Direct with championship tickets if you show your ticket stub. All right. So uh, <laughs> Arsenal, much like me, could not be bothered uh, to win an easy match. So I'm now down $245. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Not sure you're aware of this, Sam, but 16.6666666667% of the time, it works 100% of the time. Uh, for my couple losers, I say, why can't your um, team be bothered to win easy ones? Is what I'm putting in here for the old couple losers. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I can't Sam. wait till you lose to them too, no. <laughs> I'll remind you how easy it is. I think... I'm going to start have to picking whack shit, crazy parlays because clearly sensible, good bets, which is what I have done the entire way so far. No, so good. Yeah. No, so good. That's how it goes. All right. Pat's on the line. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's pick it a week. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. Uh, we wouldn't have had you call in because we're not making bets this week. Obviously, it's international week, but neither one of us could fucking figure out what the hell you bet <laughs> and whether or not you hit or not. So why don't you explain what the fuck happened and how much you won or lost? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I hit three out of my five bets. So I actually lost $71, $79. Okay, you lost. Okay. Yes, Terrible I did lose with money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down $279. Yeah, but it was fun. I mean, if I would have hit one more bet, I would have hit for like over a grand, you know. But, uh, yeah, it still was fun. I mean, I had a lot going, you know, a lot to root for. Uh, Arsenal getting the draw was actually nice on Saturday, so I had a lot to look forward to on Sunday. Um, and then, obviously, the two bets with the uh, the big game, Liverpool and Manchester City, um, you know. So, it hit the over early. What? Well, it was. Uh, nil nil going into halftime, and then they pulled off like four four goals in the second half. So I mean that was crazy to hit the over like mm -hmm. that. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, hey, whatever. I mean, when you get that much action and you only have to pay seventy nine dollars, I mean that's not a not a bad little weekend. Had it's great college loss. football and yeah, no, had a you know 
Good college football, good NFL, played a lot of golf this weekend. Uh, I'm very tired. <laughs> so, uh, went to the Maryland game on Friday. That was terrible. See, that was the most depressing part of my weekend oh, was geez, starting off with that thought. Maryland game. Yeah, that, that yeah. is terrible. Great yeah. first quarter, and it took a second into the second quarter for the game to be like just completely out of control. You're like, let me go out to the parking lot and drink because at least I can drink there. Yeah, no I've shit. Many Friday night football games, and they're always been blowouts. So it is what it is. It happens, but uh, so we'll get up with you next week at some point. Get your uh, your bet for the the new round of games when they come around. If that's all right with you, good sir. Yeah, I will be down in uh, Myrtle Beach playing some golf. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Drunk bets from Pat. This is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. Can't wait. All right, dude. Have a good night. All right, man. You too. See you. Thank you. So. Uh, Sam, real quick, um, we just got to call this out because she asked me to pour her a, Son of a, bitch. a baby shot. I poured her a baby okay, shot so and she didn't finish the it. Weekend. Full disclosure, I drank a lot on Saturday night. I drank a lot on Sunday night. And producer Bell is not known as a drinker. What, She's what, known what, as a partaker of Were you blinded air. by the lights? Is that why you were hungover from the weekend? That's exactly. I was okay. blinded by the lights. Can you feel your face? Oh I'm just God. wondering. Look at that. There's not like I. Oh. Yeah, no, it's I'm, I'm sorry, Miss Thing. We all have responsibilities. Apparently, I Listen. did not fully finish my shot of Malort, and there's like three drops in it. Yeah. That's a bit more than three drops first. I and, can say how big the drops are. And, and besides, <laughs> you could chase it with specific. you could chase it with Bloody Mary and okay, let us know I how that works. That. Full disclosure: chasing Malort with Bloody Mary, not good. Also, chasing Malort with the hot mimosa that I'm drinking, uh huh. Also, not good. Okay, very good. Maybe try it with the Oktoberfest then, Miss Thing. Son of a bitch. All right, Sammy, go ahead so, and uh, tell, quick, talk about let, your betting. Let me, mm. let me tell you something real fast, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the Drunkard United football show. <sighs> and it being nine in the afternoon and your eyes being the size of the moon uh-huh. are not an excuse to not partaking <sighs> in your Malort shot, okay? Anyway. It's so bad. Uh, it's, it's worse than hairy plugs. As I said, I missed. Uh, so I wrote on my Dort's Spirect Cup of Losers that I'm going to the clinic this week because I keep getting fucked <laughs> by Villa. Um, obviously, Kitty missed as well, Yep, uh, well. which we talked about. So uh, we don't have any bets this week uh, because of the international break. But join us next week for some very high percentage punts. All right. Well, you know, that's pretty decent, but we give you more. We give you. Oh, I didn't know you wrote something for the chicken. Kitty the chicken. <laughs> yes, apparently Kitty the chicken has a statement that I'm supposed to say here. So, uh. It was Wendy up at the coop. You ready? You ready? Well, Kitty misjudged. Quitty? The <laughs> you don't get you know to what? walk by that one. You know what? I'm just going to reset and do it again and edit all of this out. <laughs> I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> well, oh, I'll do it live. Kitty misjudged the toffee's tenacity and now sits at two and four. Now, she's not terribly concerned because she knows she's the best here at picking games. She is. And she's quite confident that she'll be over 500 soon enough. Now, apparently, Kitty will be heading out this week for a little international break of her own. Hmm. Huh. She's a world traveler. Well, I uh, I squeezed it out of her. She's apparently booked to go down to Purdue. Uh, Peru. Purdue. Purdue. The Peru. She better not go to Purdue. <laughs> we ain't gonna see Kitty no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a Freudian slip right there. 
She's going to Peru, not Purdue, for a bit of enlightenment. As she described it to me, details to follow. Is Miss Thing going to drink some of that ayahuasca tea and go on a journey? You know what? When she comes back and she's uh, betting well over 500, you know exactly where her inspiration came from. Just had to clear the head. That's all. Kitty the the Oracle. Kitty the Oracle. And uh, you might not be as smart as my chicken, so please make sure you always gamble legally and responsibly. Championship Corner! I've fallen, and I can't get up. Oh, no. Fulham fucking it right off, aren't they? Coventry <laughs> pumped Fulham 4-1. to Jesus. One. Uh, Bournemouth beat Sheffield United 2-1 to one, uh, to remain tops. Nottingham Forest with a rare win, although that is their third of the season. They're still in like 15th or something ridiculous. Well, at least they're not um, in last. QPR topped Preston, uh, and Stoke beat West Brom. That leaves Bournemouth tops, as I said before. West Brom still in second. Coventry in third. Stoke in fourth. Uh, Notables, QPR down in sixth. And Darby County still propping up the table in fucking dead last. Ugh, not good. No. Not good at all. But yeah, no, Fulham's... Just, ugh, on the Malort still. Sorry. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> Fulham's still doing the old Marco Silva slide yeah. right <laughs> down the table. Hey, we started hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To coach, to, to uh, quote the old football coach, there'll always be a sucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know what? Cisco just got fired. Yep, they could always get Cisco in from Watford. Oh no, no he he got fired this weekend. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did not know that. Holy fired, shit! Yeah. And uh, one of the other podcasts I listened to, which I'm not above ripping other shit off, um, said that Cisco got dumped, dumped, or got dumped like a truck. Truck. <laughs> you know what the saying is? If you're uh, stealing, if you're stealing from me, you're stealing twice. So, yeah. uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, Sammy, I might have gotten that one right on my predictions. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even know he got fired. I didn't even hear the news. No, Go figure. We uh, we, uh, we did him obviously after the transfer window yeah. shut, as we said yeah. before. And I fucking said Sean Dyche, and then yeah. that Monday or whatever it was, signed a four year contract. Yep, yep. So I definitely did not get that right. Yeah, yeah. I'd. Fuck, man. Okay, well, that changes my opinion of what I said earlier in the show where I was like, maybe the defense will stick around. No, Watford's in trouble already. Yeah. It's already, it's in whatever happens to Watford. Sorry, Watford supporters. It's your owner's fault. It's what they do. <laughs> yeah. It is It is on them. Cisco um, Munoz, gone. Yeah. All right. Gone, 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 gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't sweat yourself so much. Hit the mute oh, button. I can't um, wait until we go out on injury time. That's going to wrap. you can find it at www.patreon.com. It's called Professional. No, I, I found a transition to plug. Okay. It was, it was seamless the way he did it. Just, Just call me the electrician because I'm plugging shit in. You know what I'm saying? Cool. Well, give it to me up top. Oh. All right. Very good. <laughs> Fuck your parting words. There are none. Uh, next up is injury time, and Sam already told you how to find it, so everybody can fuck off. Go to the Drip Shack and buy a fucking shirt, would ya? Peace. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, yeah, the fucking gooner gram. Smoke the Lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham, Sam Graham. Don't you get 
fucking new button.